Sri Vishnu Sahasranam, name 852, is Katitaha. Katita means the one who is described. It sounds similar to the word kata, which we're all familiar with. Kata means speech, describing something. <clears throat> the word katita appears many times in Srimad Bhagavatam to mean that which is explained, that which is described, or simply that which is said. <clears throat> so the Central meaning of this name, Katita, means the one who is described in all the Vedic literature, the one who is praised in all the Vedic literature. There are several names like that. Uh, already we have in Vishnu Sahasranam. We have Stavya, Stavapriya, Arka, Arha, and upcoming is Ravi and Punya, Shravana, Kirtana. Actually, all of Vishnu Sahasranam points to the fact that he is the one to be praised because all of Vishnu Sahasranam, all the different names, they point to different qualities of his which are unique, either they're completely unique. Uh, for instance, he is the only, no, I'll say it again, certain qualities of his which may also be shared by others, just like we just had the name Bharabrit, who takes, risk, who takes a burden. So others can take a burden, but whatever he does, which is similar to that, or whichever he does, which is also possible for others, he does in a much bigger way. I can pick up a pen, he can pick up the whole universe. That's a lot of difference. Uh, names, another one we've just had is Anu. He can enter into the tiniest of the tiny yogis, not everyone, but yogis uh, who are perfect in their practices, by his grace can become so small they can enter into everything, but not the smallest him, because he enters even into the heart of the yogis. When Even when they're smaller than the smallest, he's even within them. Oh, it's just a rose fell down. I thought the mic had fallen down. So, names I've had already, Purushottama, the, the person who's above all others, Mahan, he's the greatest of all, Srishta, he's the best. So, definitely he's Katita, the one who should be described. He's the one we should be talking about. And in fact, all the Vedas are. <coughs> Prashabhata says that all the scriptures speak about him because of the fullness of all his qualities that have been described so far in the Vishnu Sahasranam. We just had the name Guna Brit, one who has qualities. 
and so many more names are yet to come, nearly, well, another 148 names to come. And because of all these qualities, he is the one who should be described. It is him who is described. And he should be described. We shouldn't waste our time describing people who have very small qualities and they only have them temporarily. Uh, Vishnu Sahasranam, the whole Vishnu Sahasranam can be condensed into this one name, which is true of so many other names in Vishnu Sahasranam, such as Mahan, such as Purushota, such as Krishna. They all point to the same conclusion. Krishna is the Supreme Person, Purushottam, he is Mahan, he is the greatest. He is Krishna, he is all attractive. And Katita, he is the one who is described and should be described. Parashrabhata quotes from the Jitante Stuti, which I'd never heard of before. Vachasham Vacham Uttamam. All the words, all the words, specifically here referring to the scriptural words, declare the greatness of this one who is Uttam. He's above all. Another commentator, Sri Vivi Ramanujan, refers us to the Divya Prabandha, especially he often quotes from the uh, Divya Prabandha in Tamil. I'm not going to attempt to say the Tamil. I'll read the translation that's given here. You, referring to Vishnu, are the ultimate goal of the Vedas. You are the one declared as the Supreme Brahman by the Vedas. You are the supreme effulgence, indescribable by words. You created Brahma so that he can perform the function of creation using the Vedas as his aid, but even he cannot describe you through words even roughly. I'm going to quote now from Sri Yamuna Acharya's Stotra Ratna, beautiful work. Highly recommended to go through that from time to time. Uh, a verse which Srila Prabhupada quotes, it's also there in Chaitanya Charitamrita. I'll read the Sanskrit and then read Srila Prabhupada's translation into English. Twam Srila Rupacharitai Parama Prakrashtai. Sadvena Sadvikataya Prabhalaisya Shastrai Prakyata Daiva Paramarta Vidangmataisya Naivasara Prakateya Prabhavanti Bodham Srila Prabhupada's translation. O oh my Lord, Yamuna is praying to Lord Narayana. Those influenced by demoniac principles cannot realize you, although you are the supreme. By dint of your exalted activities, forms, character, and uncommon power, which are confirmed by all the revealed scriptures in the quality of goodness and the celebrated transcendentalists in the divine nature. In other words, all the scriptures, all the topmost transcendentalists, they 
point out the fact that Narayan is supreme. And they do so by referring to his qualities, activities, forms, character, power, and so on. They don't just say, our God is the best. But they show how he's the best. Unfortunately, demoniac people can't understand this because they're demoniac. Shankaracharya gives the understanding very similar. He alone is declared as supreme in all the Vedas. And all the Vedas extol his being supreme. So he's called Katita. Uh, Shankara gives supporting quotes, the obvious one, uh, for those who are students of the Upanishads, from Kato Upanishad. Sarve Veda Yatpadam Amananti, which means that all the Vedas describe this one thing here. Yat is the referent, or that, that which is being referred to. Yat means that entity. This is clarified by Lord Krishna himself in Bhagavad Gita which uh, Shankara also quotes. Vaidaisya sarvaraham eva vedyaha By all the Vedas am I to be known. Lord Krishna speaking. Uh, a verse that appears almost at the end of the massive Mahabharata and quite likely elsewhere also. Again, this is quoted by Srila Prabhupada. Vede Ramayane Chaiva Purane Bharate Tata Adav Ante Cha Hari Sarvatragiyate. In the Vedas, in the Ramayana, in the Puranas, in the Mahabharata, in the beginning, middle, and end, Hari is glorified in all throughout. One commentator, Sri Krishna Datta Bharadvaj, gives the example of his fame being sung by great personalities like Narada and Valmiki. Of course, Narada inspired Valmiki to praise him. And yeah, we find Lord Shiva praises him. We have that in the Bhagavatam at the end of the fourth canto. Brahma's prayers in the 14th chapter of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, the great personality Brahma is praising Krishna. In the second chapter of the 10th canto, we have the Garabha Stuti, all the demigods come to praise Krishna who is in the womb of Devaki and throughout the 10th canto, in the middle of various narrations, we find various personalities uh, reciting prayers to Krishna. And of course, the is that the 89th or the 90th chapter is the, the prayers of the personified Vedas. 
the Vedas personally and directly praise him and we'll find their uh, very uh, profound glorifications of him in the Bhagavatam. Then others also, Akrura Kunti Devi, not in the 10th Kanda. Uh, she's in the first Kanda, her prayers to Krishna, first Kanda, eighth chapter. Akrura uh, Muchukunda, Indra, so many personalities offer prayers to Krishna. Uh, we have in the tenth canto also, Brigu, testing the three deities, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, to see who is supreme. And he comes back with to the sages who wanted to know with the evidence that Vishnu is supreme. Sahadev declaring his supremacy at the Rajasuya Yagya. Another commentator, Sri Satyasandha Tirtha, refers to his being praised by the Sadagamas. That means that although he is praised in all the Vedic literature, uh, particularly directly it's seen in the Shastras, which are clearly and directly focused on that. And it's hard to choose the right words because if we say that all the Shastras praise him, well, it might seem that some don't. Some seem to praise uh, Indra, Agni, Rudra, and other gods. Madhva explains that these names, names like Indra means the king, Actually, it refers to Krishna because, or Narayan, because the real king of everyone is Krishna. And then Shiva means uh, auspicious. So the, the actual Shiva, Sadashiva, the one who's always auspicious, is actually Vishnu, Narayana. So in this way, uh, all the... All the uh, Vedic literatures directly or indirectly point to him. But there are the sadhagamas, which means the, the Vaishnava literature, um, Srimad Bhagavatam especially, then um, much of the Padma Purana, not all of it. Uh, Vishnu Purana, very definitely. Uh, some of the Brahma Vaivarta Purana. And of course, all the Pancharatras, which Shankara and his followers don't accept as being Vedic at all, but beginning with the Almuna Acharya, the Vaishnava Acharyas have given firm evidence that Pancharatra is eternal and coexistent with the Vedas. And the, the Pancharatra is definitely very clearly focused on Vishnu and his supremacy. <clears throat> Madhvacharya and his followers discuss this 
from Gita, Vedaisya Sarvairahameva Vedaha. That's by all the Vedas am I to be known. So this is a uh, clear link with the name Katita, the one who is described. Here, in, the, in this verse, the word cha, Veda is cha. In the Vedas, cha, cha means also. So the Acharyas in Madhva line, they explain that cha here means not only in the Shruti, which is aparoshaya, that is not given by any mundane person, but even in the Smriti, which is recorded or transmitted by, or appears to come into being through humans, but still it's scripture. It's inspired by God, but it's, it's not considered exactly on the same level as Shruti. But that also, uh, Mahabharata, for instance, that is Smriti, but it's also called the fifth Veda. So, all these works, they all point to the greatness of Vishnu. In Vedic linguistic science, Letters are defined, or are there two uh, phases of letters. One is which are the letters themselves which represent a sound, that's called a varna. And then the sound itself, that's called dhvani. But in, in both phases, it simply refers to Vishnu. This is the message. Cha Vaidais Cha is also analyzed in another way. Just this word, one word, Cha is analyzed in so many ways. It means uh, giving emphasis. It's an intensifier. In the most important way, there may be so many topics discussed but the, the, the really important subject matter, and in the most important way, Vishnu is described. Not only, Chvedaischa means not only in the portion, the, the Vedanta, the Vedanta means the Upanishads, the Jnanakanda, but also in the Karma Kanda, Upasana Kanda, which means the section for worshipping the demigods. Some philosophers say that the Upanishads speak of Vishnu, but not other parts of the Vedas. Here there's Madhva Sampradaya getting at, well, they're differing with the uh, Ramanuja Sampradaya. As Ramanuja emphasizes, the, taking Shankara's lead, emphasizes the Upanishads over the other parts of the Vedas, which 
We see Krishna himself says in Gita, Trigunya Vishaya Veda. The, the Vedas mostly deal with the modes of material nature. Uh, but Madhva says, no, all the Vedas. He doesn't accept the division of Karma Kanda. He says, it all has to be understood. The Karma Kanda, Jnana Kanda, Upasana Kanda. He doesn't recognize that. He says, all the Vedas, they all point to Vishnu. They should all be understood in this way. Every sentence, every letter, every sound. However, one of the commentators, Satyadeva Vashishta, says that, well, okay, that's true, the Vedas describe him, but even the Vedas fail to describe him fully, which is very good. It's a very important point also. Uh, it's only the, the Vedas point to him, but ultimately by his mercy we can understand him. Even the Vedas themselves, their personalities, they cannot properly understand him. And Satyadeva Vashishta makes the comment here that we humans have been given the facility of speech and the ability to understand language to praise him. Very good. He is the one who is praised. He is the one who is glorified. I'm going to read from Narada Bhakti Sutra, the 80th Sutra. Sakirtyamana Shigram Evarvir Bhavatyanu Bhavayati Bhaktan. When he is glorified, the Lord swiftly reveals himself to his devotees and allows them to know him as it is. Now I'm going to read from Srila Prabhupada's purport to Bhagavatam Canto 1, Chapter 6, Text 33. <clears throat> if you're wondering, well, who is, who is this Vishnu, Krishna, likes to be glorified, has, has all these Vedas glorifying him? Well, what is that? He must be a little, little uh, puffed up, isn't it? Srila Prabhupada explains, it is a natural psychology in in every individual case that a person likes to hear and enjoy his personal glories enumerated by others. That is a natural instinct, and the Lord, being also an individual personality like others, is not an exception to this psychology because psychological characteristics visible in the, in the individual souls are but reflections of the same psychology in the Absolute Lord. The only difference is that the Lord is the greatest personality of all and absolute in all his affairs. If therefore the Lord is attracted by the pure devotees chanting of his glories, there is nothing astonishing. Since he is absolute, he can appear himself in the picture of his glorification, the two things being identical. Srila Narad's chants the glorification of the Lord not for his personal benefit, but because the glorifications are identical with the Lord. So a lot of important topics being touched on here. The Supreme Lord, uh, one of the names we discussed was Stava Priya. He likes to be prayed to, he likes to be glorified. Srila Prabhupada said, well, that's, that's natural. We feel it. Why do we feel it? Because he feels it. But 
when he is attracted by the devotees chanting his glories, he himself is present. That's the difference. If I speak about the glories of Mahatma Gandhi or Albert Einstein, it's, uh, it, it doesn't have any relation to the person because the person is dead and gone. Of course, as a spiritual being, they continue to exist, but that persona that they had during the lifetime, that is gone. We can remember that. Uh, there is a saying in Sanskrit, actually it was Karna who said this, Kirtir yasya sajivati, one who is famed continues to live, he continues to live in people's memories. But they don't really live. They, 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 if I speak about Mahatma Gandhi, he won't personally be present here. But if we're speaking about Krishna, then he's present wherever his glories are chanted. As we know, the well-known known verse, Nahang tishtami vaikunte yoginam hridiyeshuva yatra gayanti madbhakta tatra tishtami narada. Bhagavan says, I do not reside in Vaikuntha. Well, of course he resides in Vaikuntha. But here he says, I don't. I don't reside in the hearts of the yogis. He, is man he does manifest himself in the hearts of the yogis. But he says, here he says, I don't, to emphasize the fact that he's very much eagerly attracted and is present where his devotees are chanting his glories. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Life, human life, is meant for this. Krishna gave us a tongue, he gave us intelligence, let us use them to chant the glories of the Lord. Uh, another example from Bhagavad Gita, which, or another verse, which underlines the fact that is he who is described in the Vedic literature. Uh, Krishna says it's in the same 15th chapter where he says, in all the Vedas, I am to be known. Krishna says, Yasmaksharam atito ham aksharada pichotamaha atosmi loke vede cha pratita purushotamaha. Because I am transcendental beyond both the fallible and the infallible. And because I am the greatest, I'm celebrated both in the world and in the Vedas as the Supreme Person. So he celebrated in the Vedas as the Supreme Person, and people in the world also who know who is the Supreme Person, they praise him as such. Another meaning of the word loke means in the Paurusha Agama, in the Smriti scriptures. So it means Vedas, Shruti, and also Smriti. And we can extend that to say that, well, in all the theistic scriptures of the world that we can take, uh, particularly the Bible, Quran, they point, maybe not as clearly and as completely as the Vedic literature, they point to that same supreme person who we know 
from Vedic knowledge as Krishna, Vishnu, Narayana. Baladev Vidya Bhushan, in describing the meaning of the word katita, which means described, uh, refers back to the previous name, Bharabrit, one who takes all the load, particularly of all his devotees. So Baladev said he is called Katita because he is thus described. He is spoken of as being the one who takes the, the, the one who takes the load, the one who takes the burden. Someone may argue, how can a single person be able to maintain unlimited devotees, Ananta Koti Vaishnava Vrinda? That, Baladev says, will be explained in the next name, how he can do so. So, Bharabrit Katita, there's, there's a thread Baladev is finding between the names, and we'll find out what is the next name in the next talk, if Krishna is so kind that he allows me to go on speaking in this way. Vancha kalpatarubhyascha kripa sindhubhyevacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha Dantenitaya chunakam padayani patakrit vacha kakushatavita dahama vini Hey, Sagava Sakala Evihaya Durad Gauranga Chandra Charana Parivadatu Jano Yata Tata Va Nanu Mukarona Vayang Vicharya Hari Rasanami Ramadati Mata Bhurivinutama Natamanisha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama 